Hey everybody, welcome to this very weird project that Bike Rack Brewing is doing. Uh, it's a podcast and we're here and we've made it and welcome. We're so glad to have you, our listeners. Uh, we've just finished an episode which you are about to hear. We'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, but let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. Uh, I'm Zach Pinky. I am the uh, host of this podcast, co-host of this podcast. Host. With my friend... Christine Allen. Um, I'm the manager of the Springdale Bike Rack location, so if you want coffee or beer or whatever, come see me. I'll be there, and... I am the brand rep, and I do all the sales for Bike Rack, so you'll probably see me lurking around lots of different bars, trying to sell our beer all over the place as you can tell this is a highly produced podcast and we've scripted everything oh it's uh, so professional and we're doing a really good job of reading our lines uh so we're about to uh unleash on you our very first episode which is with bradley riggs he's the owner and the brewer at hawk moth brewing and beer parlor as we learned in this episode we did learn that it's also a parlor uh, we talked to him about the creation of Hawk Moth, how it came to be, the type of beer he likes to make, and a collaboration that we're working on, or that we have now created. It is extant in the world, mm-hmm. and you can have it right now. You're probably actually drinking it while you're listening to this podcast, well, actually. Well, here's another thing, though. If you're on a pub crawl, like, don't be rude and listen to a podcast. Oh, and definitely don't drink and drive. That would be awful. Don't listen to a podcast and drive, either. Yeah. That's almost no, 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 no drinking and driving is worse, huh? Probably. Okay. Anyway, so we're going to let you, <laughs> we're going to let you uh, listen to this episode now. <laughs> we're going to get out of here. Um, we've had a couple of beers at this point. We're having a good time. Yes, uh, we are. So here, please enjoy. Please enjoy. Here's Bradley Riggs talking about uh, our dry Irish stout amongst many other things. We'll see you later. A quick editor's note before we get into this episode, due to the spread of COVID-19, the Downtown Bentonville, Inc. Celtic Craw has been canceled for the weekend. We will still be releasing the Dry Iris Stout in our Bentonville location at the 8th Street Market. We'll be selling cans of it there as well as have it on tap. So do check it out. We're still going to be releasing it on the 14th and have it available for you. Uh, So with that being said... Oh, one more thing, one more thing. Uh, The music that you've just heard in the opening uh, is a song called Bushes by the band Brother Moses. You can find that song on the Bike Rack Records uh, album. Also, later on in the episode, you're going to hear a section of Little Things by the band Goose. Uh, You can also find that song on the Bike Rack Records album. So, with all that being said and out of the way... Enjoy the beer. Enjoy the episode. We'll see y'all soon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of this Bike Rack podcast that we're doing that still doesn't have a name. We're probably not going to figure it out at this point because this is going on the internet and you're hearing it right now, which is cool. And we are in the 8th Street Market uh, Brewery. It's very great. Um, And we are sitting here with Bradley Riggs, owner and brewer at Hawk Moth. Yeah. Is many hats. Many so, hats. Yeah. Welcome, Bradley. Brewer. Yeah. Whatever the hat says is whatever I'm doing that You've day. You've got one hat on so. right now. So. Oh, yeah. It's just what says Hawk Moth. So. Okay. So today you're doing Hawk Moth. Today that's just what I'm doing. Good deal. 
Uh, we're going to be talking today about a collaboration, actually, uh, that Bike Rack and Hawk Moth did. It's a dry Irish stout. Uh, we got a couple of those bad boys here with us, and we're going to be drinking them throughout the podcast. Uh, we are being visited currently by our favorite bartender, Nick Payne. Thank you for bringing us beer. Uh, He's an five, angel. Top five. Thank you, Nick. Um, so we are going to get cracking on this. Uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about a collaboration between Bike Rack and Hawk Moth uh, with a dry Irish stout that will be coming out. Uh, actually, the day that you hear this podcast um, for the uh, Downtown Bentonville, Inc. pub crawl that's going on. So it is available right now when you're hearing this. Well, if you go on the pub, pub crawl anyway, it'll be available. So anyway, let's get into this. Hey, Bradley, tell us about what you do <clears throat> briefly. Um, so I'm the owner operator of Hawk Moth Brewing in downtown Rogers. And um, we've been open for 18 months almost. So I brew, I sell, I deliver. Um, that's kind of all my roles right now. And if it's Hawk Moth, it's me, I guess. How did you come up with the name Hawk Moth? Um, so it's a good question. It's a long story. How much time do we have? Not roughly, that long. Roughly 27 mm. minutes at the moment. Yeah, okay. I'll probably use most of it. Um, so it, it originally started, my wife and I are on our honeymoon in Portland, Maine, like five years ago. It's a very creative world, and we had just started the creative vision of opening a brewery here in Northwest Arkansas. Um, kind of out of the blue... She throws a curveball and says, hey, what if we called this brewery project Hawk Moth? And I'm like, ah, oh, it's too weird. I don't like it. Just like wrote it off immediately. And uh, she big into bugs or what the deal is. There? No, I mean, it was a uh, it was a random thing. She had like she had either just seen something on the on the news or, or had been reading something more likely. And we get home a week and a half later and I go why is that name still stuck in my head it's so weird maybe it works and so we we kind of dove into okay if we're going to roll with this what's the story like what is a hawk moth first and foremost so they're based out of central south america they get up to like nine inches in no. that climate I mean which is bird size at that no. at that point that's so gross um, and over time they've kind of migrated north um and get about as far north as the Ozarks. Mm. And so once they get here, they stay here, their journey's complete. And uh, as they've stayed here long enough, we have, I mean, total there's like 2,000 different kinds. And, and as they've stayed here, we probably have a couple hundred different variants within the Ozarks. And uh, they get to three or four inches in this climate, which is pretty cool. But we attach that to the correlation of how many people move here from all over the world all over the country they get here they stay here they love it whether it's the quality of life or cost of living you know and we liked saying okay visually we can make this this brand work but we also have a story that relates to like the everyday person of there's more transplants here mm -hmm. every single hour as as we've like i've i was born and raised here so i've seen it all and there's more transplants constantly it's been really cool with the culture that's being brought in. And so that was our attachment story. Sure. Um, ultimately we thought it was going to be a very cool visually branded image. The short story after talking for 26 minutes mm -hmm. 
is we wanted to create a brand that was as creative as the beer itself. Okay. We didn't want it to be my name or something. I I wanted it to be something that made you think whenever you saw it or get stuck in your head and you kind of have to do your own research and diving in as to what the deal is. A lot like the beer that we brew and the styles of beer that we brew. So. Yeah, because I think a lot of people in this region, I think there's a lot of like regional pride. Like people are glad they live here, excited to be here, like want to be involved in the community. I think a lot of businesses fall into the trap of, Oh, we're NWA, this. Oh, we're Northwest Arkansas, this. Oh, we're Ozark, this, or whatever. Like, Careful. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> we love them punches. all. I'm not. It's just like literally any business, not, not even talking about breweries or beer, bar, anything like that. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, everybody. we we wanted a brand that could, I mean, it works because of the Ozark region and like the story that the, that the kind of the moth journey tells, but this could have worked anywhere in theory, right? Yeah. Like we saw inspiration from East Coast breweries, West Coast breweries that are weird branded breweries and that's what we wanted to bring to northwest arkansas okay so, so let's talk about the beer you make because i think if i ever have someone come in like the brewery and ask for like recommendations you're always top of my list um, but i always have to make sure that people who want a recommendation are looking for something a little more interesting than mm -hmm. what they can find at any other bar sure i think that's the for me, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but when I recommend it to people, it's always like, you have to like beer first. Like if you're showing up looking for like a Michelob or mm -hmm. something, like you're not going to find anything you like at Hawk Moth because it's all right. just a little like Our goal is probably big. to introduce a flavor to the palate that someone's never come across before. Mm. We do brew some what we call basic beers that taste like beer. Um, but that's not our cup of tea. That's not what we opened a brewery for. We, we opened a brewery to really push the envelope of what beer could be. Um, that's, that's, that's the goal. And so, yeah, you're right on and, and steering people with some caution saying, have an open mind when you walk in. And if there's 10 beers on the wall, six of them are going to be barrel aged in barrel spirits that you've never heard of before. Like it's sure. not just bourbon barrel aged, you know, we're doing port barrel aged beers or Moscatel barrel aged beers, whatever it is. Like that's part of what drives us on a creative level is hoping that they experience something that they've never experienced before. Mm -hmm. That being said, being open for 18 months, like you showed up a little bit after like the big breweries in the area kind of popped off and kind of found their niche. What was it about that for you that made you want to say, let's do something off the wall when we're not even like six years into knowing if breweries work in this area. No, you're totally not, right. You know? um, so I used to travel a lot and I definitely classify myself as a beer nerd. <clears throat> I saw what was happening, whether it's on the coast or in the major cities of the country, their beer scenes, especially five years ago, were way ahead of the Arkansas beer scene. They were way more than five years ahead of the Arkansas mm -hmm. beer scene. And so when we started working on this vision, we said, we, we understand like other breweries that are opening up. Like I give Ozark a lot of credit as a brewery who opened up with a vision of everyday sessionable beers mm. that are truly like craft projects, right? Mm -hmm. And because they laid the foundation for craft beer, we get to be as creative as we want to be. So we knew coming in, 
that we weren't competition to them and vice versa. There, there, was, there was room for what we wanted to do in a quickly growing beer market. So speed up five years, and now we have, what, 14 breweries in Northwest Arkansas, and we were probably the 12th or 13th of those 14 to open. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew we couldn't be brewing pale ales. That, that wasn't the goal of that. Yeah. You guys want a pale ale, like walk five blocks down the road and get a great pale ale at Ozark, uh-huh. and we support that. We encourage you to do that. But we, we knew that there would be a spot for us whenever we could open just because it was something so different. Um, the focus is French-style, old-world-style beers with a modern American twist. Hopefully, at least half of what we do annually is barrel-aged or some sort of wood contact with that. And, uh, yeah, we can do that on a small scale because there's always a market interested in what's new. It's, a, it's an ADD beer market. Uh, cool, I've had that. Check, what's the next beer coming out? And so we fit that mold for the repeat person walking in who just wants to drink something small batch different every single weekend. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm really interested in talking about the Irish Stout and how you, you've you talked about how, you know, Hawk Moss is uh, all about sort of a higher range of beers. Um, and then this is the exact opposite? No, that's not at all what I was going to say. I was going to say it. I think that it's a beautiful blend of Hawk Moth and Bike Rack sensibilities because yep. Bike Rack is a lot of accessible beers. Yep. It's a great introduction into craft beer for people who aren't used to it. And how does this Irish Stout play to both of those well, I mean, so thoughts really is where the creative mindset with brewing a traditional Irish stout started was, I know a lot of the people within Bike Rack started talking with them saying, hey guys, it's a community driven beer originally. Like, like when Guinness started making Irish stout, it, it was brewed for that community only, right? And sure. so now it's a global icon beer, but it was more of, hey, let's brew a traditional tank as St. Patty's Day comes up that is a community-driven beer. So the original guidelines were easy to drink because if you're going on a pub crawl or whatever, you need to be able to drink a lot of it. Um Bitten County only. Let's make it a Bittenville Rogers exclusively sold item for people that live here or maybe people that want to come up to Bitten County to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it was just let's keep the grain bill traditional three or four grains. And uh, and then I kind of had to put a little bit of a hawk moth twist on it. So we ordered this really cool. Um, hybrid yeast strain that is a traditional. Sorry, one more time. It's a yeast strain. So, okay. you yeast know, strain. Yeast strain. Got it. Yeah, nerdiness is kicking in. So, uh, it's a traditional Irish stout strain combined with what our Hawk Moth house strain is. Okay. And so it, it, it finishes out really dry. Mm-hmm. So, we brewed what I personally would label as a boring beer. And then we made it something really interesting and different that you're not going to find in Irish pubs around the country because it's just, it's a total one-off 
Um, and it's not Guinness. It's not, which is the only. It's not stout Guinness. You're going to be like, finding. It's, it's not. It's not everywhere. Guinness. Um, Guinness inspired the mindset, but we didn't want it to inspire the flavor of the beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit about the tasting notes specifically? Um, yeah. Let's crack one off. <laughs> I haven't opened one yet. Ooh. Y'all have. So you're in for a treat. Can I crack another one open? Actually, I already finished mine. The guy who made it is drinking and likes it, so that's an endorsement. I would never in and of itself. ever serve a beer that I wouldn't drink personally. I stand behind that pretty confidently. And that, I mean, that's um, a fair stance to take in any industry. Right? I was a beer drinker before I was a beer brewer. Um, Most people follow that route. That's huh? like the obvious <laughs> statement, like but really... somehow that's been lost in the world of production. Where if I don't want to drink it, why am I producing it, right? Sure. And, and so it's it should be a black and white issue, and it's a lot of that's become kind of a gray mm-hmm. area. Um, and it's not that I would just choke it down, drink it. I actually want to enjoy what I'm drinking, or I'm not going to drink it uh, because that's that's the fun of craft beer. It's it's we know that we're paying more than like a big brand, uh, but we expect to be getting something of higher quality. Yeah, so. for sure. All right, let's um, grab us a taste. Tasting what, notes. What's going on? So obviously, right off the bat, you know you're drinking an Irish stout. Like there's there's no question of what category does this fall in. It is bone dry. Um, there's some residual chocolate notes on it. We we used a uh, a pretty cool kind of forgotten German hop that puts off some notes of pine uh, maybe even what like evergreen or something i don't mm-hmm. know it's like it's cheesy to call it just like earthy or floral like you hear so many other beers but it's a more specific floral tone than, than just that i would say it's evergreen but i don't know what do you guys taste that's also part of it to put you guys on well, the spot what i'm kind of feeling like is that i'm not eating an entire loaf of bread like I am with Guinness, and that's kind of why I stopped drinking Guinness, because it was just too filling, and honestly, I kind of want to, you know, go all day with it, so. Turns out. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, this one, I don't feel that at all. Especially, like, the perception, the misconception is that if a beer is dark, it's heavy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we wanted to make sure that this was, if you're on pub crawls this weekend, or if you're going out on St. Paddy's Day, this is the lightest beer you're going to find. Yeah. yeah, It just might be the darkest beer in color that you'll find throughout mm-hmm. the day. So that yeah. was another thing that we set out to accomplish that I think we did really well. And mm-hmm. it's only 4.9%. 4. 4. 4.9. So, so yeah, you can drink like 40 in a day yeah. and you'll be fine. Yeah, I promise. totally. Don't do that, folks. You might be able to drink 40 <laughs> in a day. Yeah. endorses my statement. <laughs> <laughs> we By do the not. nature of it showing up in yeah. this episode, yeah. <laughs> I think legally we have to endorse oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about how you made this. We, we've talked a little bit about the yeast strain. We've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of uh, things. Yeah, so um, as far as the production side goes, um, Bike Rack, for anyone that knows both brands locally, Bike Rack has a much bigger brewing system. Sorry, than who's, Hawk- who's, who's Bike Rack? Uh, they're like this... They're like this Brewery in, in Bentonville. Oh. Um, a few people have heard of them. They sound huh. really boring. So, you know, that basically I was trying to help market their oh. brand. Oh, my God. Uh, that is, like, so nice of you. I hear they <laughs> need a lot of help over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, they have a what I call a Ferrari of a system. It's, it's uh, 
sleek, really quick, well tuned. Sexy. It looks great. <laughs> it performs well. And so we we decided, hey, if this is going to go all over the market, my system's too small. I'm going to come to you guys, and we're going to brew it on your system. And so uh, myself and Brandon McGuire, the brewer here, ran through it pretty easily in a day. It was uh, I was blown away by how smooth the system operated. I'm I'm used to extreme manual labor in brewing. You know, like uh-huh. the human element is an ingredient in my system. Sure. And uh, we just like mm. kicked it all day. It was. Uh, I love the taste of sweat in my beer. Yes. Mm. Well, you always know, and it's the secret ingredient, but. How yeah. long does it take you to come up with a recipe? Um, if you know what you want, mm-hmm. you can sit down and just crank it out right then and there. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you know what you're going for, um, you know what subtle flavor tones you're looking for. Because as you just do recipes over and over and over, you know what each grain is offering each batch. I mean, mm-hmm. you can taste the grains as the brewer in the final product. And so I knew what flavor notes we wanted and... Yeah, this was straightforward. This was meant to be more traditional than I would normally do on my own, but mm-hmm. that's that's what this beer needed to be. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Bike Rack's Lifetime Membership Program. With early access to new seasonals and specialties, as well as lower prices for bigger beers, it's practically priceless. Luckily for you, it's only a one-time fee of $150, and for the rest of your life, you get all these amazing benefits. Plus, if you had been a member, you would have gotten this podcast a day early. If you're already a member, we love you all and can't wait to show you what we're brewing up this year. If you're interested in learning more about our incredible membership program, please run to your nearest bike rack brewing and speak to any of our bartenders. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm I'm an awful cook and I feel like I'm awful at making any sort of like drink. Well, how much garlic do you add whenever you cook? Because uh, when uh, I brew beer, like minced I, garlic or like powdered I put garlic, a whole clove of garlic, just one. That's whole a good start. Unmint. I mean, yeah. but um, uh, more is better. Yeah, <laughs> you can never have enough garlic. No, um, there's so no such thing as too I, much garlic. I'm a bad chef, like bad chef, bad cook. Um, I can't make anything. Um, I'm pretty miserable at it, actually. Um, so it blows me. It just blows wow, me away that people have. Dark. <laughs> It just blows me away that people have, like, just an on-hand knowledge of, like, flavors and what you want to bring out and how taking two things and putting them together, mm-hmm. like, creates a new thing okay, that so you'll, tastes good and doesn't taste like... You'll appreciate this. This is the answer I said about how did you learn in, like, recipe development what you wanted to make. And it sounds like I'm making this up, but the truth is... The best practice is drinking beer. And the more beer you drink, the better you get at it. It's sure. uh it's, it's doctor's the, orders. It's everyone. the truth. Um you've got to know what you want to achieve and so you have to not just study your own stuff. You have to study every possible example you can find from anyone, you know, whether it's the newest IPA or the newest stout or the newest pilsner, you just mm-hmm. constantly wanting to dive into it and like, oh, it's such a terrible job. I've got to drink another beer. Yeah, Uh, it's true. Like that has helped me build a palate that can then work backwards in building recipes. Yeah, I guess that would require you then to drink 40 beers a day. You know, I mean, someone's got to. (laughs) You're doing God's work. I am. All right. So let's jump back a little bit. Um, You're you have stated a couple of times now that you are a beer nerd. Where do you think that comes from? Like in you? Was there 
something growing up that just like uh, yeah, hit you a so, certain way? Um, in my previous life, I'm not that old nor that mysterious, but in my previous life, um, I was in a touring band and I thought I loved music as my life's passion when that started. Um, that lasted for seven years and about halfway through it, I started realizing that I loved going to a new town every day and trying their local beer. Mm -hmm. I like fell in love with local beer offerings. Sure. And the tour life was for you. It was, and it just became a vessel for something else for the future. And, and so once that chapter was over, I really applied myself to the beer industry of saying, man, how do we get the brands that I was trying in some random town in Pennsylvania? Like, how does that come to Arkansas and what's the process or what's close to that here? And, oh, interesting. And so, so you started on the, you drank, liked beer mm -hmm. and then you went into like the business side. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, started like on the, on the bar side, more traditional service industry, um, bar managing and, and then from that transitioned into the distributor side you know so there's there's three tiers within the beer industry there's the like the service tier which is who's sliding your pine across the bar there's the distributor who's getting the keg to the bar and there's the brewer who's getting the keg to the distributor so did the, did, did the bar then went and did the distributor for a couple of years and that was also a great eye-opener of exploring more national brands. You know, mm -hmm. at, at that point, Arkansas was exploding and bringing a whole lot of brands in. I mean, I remember when Stone came to Arkansas. It's like this iconic <gasps> national yeah. brand that was in like 40 other states in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Finally, at the end, kind of <laughs> got them to come here. And that was exciting to be a part of launching that brand and selling that brand in Arkansas. And, and so... From that, went to go work for a local brewery, doing a lot of the same stuff, um, selling beer, but focused on one brand and focused on this home base market as sure. opposed to the whole state or the whole region or whatever. Right. And uh, then said, cool, I, I think I've done the research within the three tiers. I want to do it myself. Uh -huh. So it was research, but maybe in a strange pattern to get there as yeah. opposed to just working as a brewer working my way up through that, I kind of wanted to know all the aspects to the industry itself and then focused on the brewing late and all of that. Started home brewing and so. Yeah, it seems interesting that you would have gone about it that way and decided you wanted to open your own brewery mm -hmm. in like start a business essentially. Some yeah. of it was I wanted to drink all these cool barrel-aged beers that I had experienced and they weren't being offered. So, oh, hey, sure. if no one else is doing it, just do it yourself. Yeah. I, that was, uh, that's the short version of it. It was a lot scarier than that simple, confident sentence. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Yeah. As that no, was no, no, no. in the back of my mind of like, man, if, if no one else is doing this, like, go out and do it. So, did you do so, any home brewing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Before? So, um, yeah, I'm obsessive with anything that I devote myself to. Sure. So, I was the guy that was like, oh, I can't hang out this weekend. I'm brewing a... A double batch Saturday. And that sounds Sunday. like an excuse to hang out. Yeah, so people would come over, but I wasn't a fun hang when I was brewing. I was like way too focused, <laughs> dove into the math side of it all, uh -huh. wouldn't drink till the brew was done in the day. Sure. And uh, yeah, so I, I had a, a couple hundred home brews probably under my belt before. Um, at the time, I was also working at New Province, and I started doing some some test batches with them and some of their un, uncharted series beers, which was kind of 
that bridge gap and then, you know, did a little bit of selling stuff with them. And while I was their salesman and then scaled that up to making it a commercial brewing gig. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. So what's your favorite beer that you've ever created? And it doesn't have to just be Hawk Moth. It could be a homebrew. It could, it be, could be the Irish dry Stout. Irish mm, Stout. Boy, the a collaboration between Vikrak and Hawk. It's hitting home right now. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a good question. It's not necessarily like ranking your kids, you know. Which is easy to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Although, to be fair, both of your kids are totally dope. Yeah, so you got one A and one A. Yeah. With them. Yeah, yeah. So it's it is hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would probably have to go with a barley wine that we put out last August. Uh, it was a 15% monster <laughs> aged in a cognac cask that we Dang. finished on um, uh, Madagascar vanilla beans. And were they Madagascar or were they Mexican vanilla beans? I'm not sure I which one they were. I thought they were Madagascar. I think they were Mad- I think Madagascar. So. It's like the fanciest ones you can get, It was such right? a cool experience. You want to talk about a beer that scares people off? That was it. Yeah. Um, it was appropriately you don't call it a wine for nothing. Though, it was appropriately right? named not for the faint because it was not for the faint of heart. Like if you didn't want to sit there and sip on ten ounces of the same liquid for like an hour, uh-huh. then it wasn't the beer for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so it, it turned out really cool. It was uh, like a risky project of can we do this and how is this going to go? And then it, it, it turned out it's probably my, my favorite beer to date. So cool. um, I, I think we've done 60 different beers since we opened 18 mm-hmm. months ago. So okay. if we're looking at that landscape, it, that's it's probably, crazy. It's probably yeah, number that's one. Honestly, yeah, that's it's, it's truly small batch focused. And you have like, like 10 taps, right? It's yeah. at the brew. Yeah. So put something on. And if you don't get it that weekend, there's a good chance it's going to be gone and it's gone forever. And yeah. that keeps the consumer excited and wanting to come in every weekend and, and see what's mm-hmm. what's what's new. So And hitting that market, too, going back to that, like hitting that market of people who are actually really interested in it, having something new all the time. And it's cool because interesting. you're actually getting a lot of new consumers that didn't even know this side of beer existed. You oh, know, sure. they think of your everyday beer that, that they see on TV or that they can go into Walmart to buy. And they've never thought about a 15% barley wine aged in cognac. Most people don't, but a lot of those people liked it as much as I did, like as an eye-opening experience of, wow, yeah, I guess this classifies as beer, and this is cool. Like, I can't drink 40 of these in a day, Nope. (laughs) but it is really good. I mean, you could try. I guess. Uh, Please don't. Don't do it it at my place, please. (laughs) My crack does not endorse that (laughs) one. No, no. No endorsement of that. Okay, so if you weren't uh, brewing beer right now, if you didn't own Hawk Moss, never oh. came up with it, what would you be doing right now? I think I would have dove into the sales world. Um, I always joke with my wife that like I probably would have ended up being a car salesman. I <laughs> uh-huh. think so. I like cars. I mean, but not like out of this world like cars. Just like them enough to think that I could sell them. You wouldn't call yourself a car nerd. I would not call myself a car nerd, but I like cars and there's job security in the auto industry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably would have dove into that, I think, and like in the short term until I hated it and then done something else. I was... Wow. Back up. 
better one for you that throws people for a loop. No, I think we're just going to keep the car sales. I was majoring in accounting and finance in college. Oh, my God. I wanted to be a CPA when I grew up. The only way this could have gotten more boring. I love it. I love it. I love it. No offense to CPAs. We love you. I wanted to just own taxes every April. (laughs) Uh, So glad I did not go down that road. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You'd be drinking more than 40 beers a day Turns for that. Out, yes. Oh, They're the God. only people in the world yeah. that drink more than me. Yeah. Bless you all. Okay. So what is the best way for everybody listening right now to support you, to support Hawk Moth? What can they do? What can we do? From like a social media platform or... In any way possible. Um, yeah. We're out on all the platforms. Facebook. And um, what's your handle? Instagram, Twitter. Hawk Moth Brewing. So... Our our full title is Hawk Moth Brewery and Beer Parlor because we're very taproom focused. Most That's of what hipster-ish. what we make that is really hipster, super hipster. Most of what what we make stays in our taproom, which we labeled as the beer parlor. Um, but it's way easier for social media handles to just call it Hawk Moth Brewing, right? Mm-hmm. Probably. So websites hawkmothbrewing.com. Um, what do you have coming out next? Let's see. What is next Um, besides this delicious Irish stout? uh, We have an Imperial Irish Red that uh, we kind of ran with the same concept of let's let's pull the yeast strain off of this Irish stout because it was such a a cool variant. And uh, let's brew a traditional beer, but let's go way more Hawk Moth and make it twice the alcohol. So... Instead of being a 4% Irish Red, it's an 8% Imperial Irish Red. That comes out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a Dry Hop Sour coming out the following weekend. Um, that sounds good. I've got a Blueberry Sour coming out. I've got a Chardonnay Barrel Age Saison. Oh, damn. We've got a lot in the next couple of weeks. So it's, uh, it's a great This is literally within the next couple of weeks? Yes. It's a, it's a really great beer season <laughs> okay. right now. Barrels decide when they're ready. And they're just a lot of them are happening they're to all, turn over at the same they're time. Already. So I'm not mad about that. Yeah. It's, okay, it's, uh, folks. So awesome. the best way that you can support Bradley and Hawkmoth is to go in and try all of these beers. Drive all the way to downtown Rogers. It's worth it. I promise you. It's Drink like, as much like as you can of all of them from here. And, and also, downtown Rogers is kind of a cool hang. It's these cool. Days. Yeah. You know, talk about super hipster, right? Yeah. I mean, we're getting all that there. brick. <laughs> yeah. All that brick. Uh huh. Um, Throw up some string lights. <laughs> now we're talking. Downtown Rogers has enough now. If if you didn't know, like you can spend a weekend in downtown Rogers mm-hmm. bar hopping, and that was not not the case even two years ago. Yeah. I mean, I had mentioned earlier, Ozark's five blocks from us, so you can brewery hop. Um, Plenty of good restaurants down there. Now, lots yeah, of good sure. food happening mm-hmm. down there right now. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So, and um, the Daisy Rifle Museum. I mean, how can you pass? That? It's irresistible. There. It is irresistible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bradley, for, for having me. coming on our show. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And also, we're going to chug these beers right now. Oh, yeah. That's yes. what we do at the end. Do you have any left in yours? I sure do. It's Excellent. very full. Very good. Well, you've got to chug good. it. It's, it's very good. Yes. Let's go. Ready to go. go.